Yo, 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 everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Guiney Sports Pod, the soon-to-be number one sports podcast in the world. My name is Sean Guiney, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Josh Sector. How's it going, Josh? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing good, doing good. We got a lot to get through today. Uh, Going to start off with Red Sox. Disappointing, very disappointing trade deadline uh, that came and went on Friday. Uh, Sox didn't make as many moves as they should have, uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, Bruins free agency still going on. Uh, multiple members have left the team. Some guys have come in since the last episode. Uh, we'll get to that. And then towards the end of the show, uh, the Celtics are possibly looking to trade one of their key slash star players from the team. Uh, so we'll get to that t- at the end, along with stuff on the internet, as always, at the end of the show. But before we get into all of that, continuing... Uh, this little series that we got going on right now, uh, the New Haven Pizza Reviews. And this week was, uh, I'd say, unexpected. Uh, Mostly on my behalf, uh, timing was an issue. Uh, So the place that I got pizza from this week was indeed Sally's Pizza. Uh, Josh says it's the best New Haven. It sounds like it is probably the most dominant uh, place in New Haven. Uh, over Frank Pepe, which I had the first week, and I gave that, I think, a four and a half out of five. Uh, so this week, I went to Sally's. Um, pickup time was 7.30, so not 9.30. I called ahead, smartly, um, and I placed it for 7.30. Uh, I'm leaving my hotel at 7 o'clock. It's half-hour drive, so I figured I'd get there at time on time. Uh, it wasn't 7 o'clock. I left a little later than that. Uh, then driving to the place, I missed an exit. And so it took me 10 minutes to turn around to get to the place. And at 7.45, I'm waiting outside Sally's Pizza to get my pizza. So I'm 15 minutes late. Then getting back to my hotel where I wanted to have the first bite to record the reaction, which is on social media. Links are in the description, as always. Um, I had the first bite. It was like 8.30. And I already, so an hour late. yeah, an hour late, and I already knew, I already knew that like this was not going to go, this is not going to go over well because I'm an hour late. And first bite, it was disappointing. It was cold, very burnt. I will say it was the crust was extremely burnt, like yeah, that's... It, to the point where like I didn't really want to finish eating the crust, and I love the crust. Um, so I was disappointed. And I decided that I need to do this over again. And I'm going to. So next week, I'm going to do it again. Or this week, I'm going to do another. I'm going to review it again. This time, I'm going to be there early. uh, And I'll probably eat it right in my car again. But I'm still going to give it a rating. And I'm giving it a 2. Extremely disappointed. Even though, like, most of it was my fault. Uh, But still, the overall taste of burnt crust... Um, cheese to sauce, cheese to sauce ratio. Uh, Frank Pepe was a lot better. There was a lot, little more sauce than I would have liked on this pizza. Um, uneven slices again. One half had seven slices, the other half had six. Uh, not a traditional four and four. Uh, but I mean, I don't really care about that. Uh, and overall, it was just extremely disappointing. Very disappointing. That rate, this rating is absolutely going to go up next week. Like, I'm going to guarantee that. By how much, I have no idea. I have no idea. I was going to say, I'm just going to wipe off that rating. 
just take it in stride because I know the situation probably wasn't the best to have the best pizza in Connecticut, in the country, in the world. Um, so, yeah, I just got to wipe it off and come back next week and hopefully better. Sean, you better be a better rating. I hope I hope it is because I wanted to go to this place uh, the first week. Uh, then I go to it finally a week late, uh, and it's not great. So now I got to do it a third time. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully I'm a lot more satisfied the second time around. I really hope I am. Like, I'm really excited for this place, and I want to do good. But first impressions, even though I was an hour late, I mean, I don't know. If the crust is cardboard, cardboard burnt again, I mean, I don't know. So I don't know how much the rating's going to go up, but hopefully it's a lot more than uh, where it's at right now. It's going to go up. It's absolutely going to go up. I'm going to be there on time. I'm going to eat it the second I get it. So it'll probably be piping hot, uh, and I'll get – it should be a fair rating, and I'm looking forward to it. Really looking forward so to it. So how much later or how much longer are you at school for? Uh, I got like five weeks. Oh, okay. So I'm, and this is the fourth week of it. I got four more afterwards. Are you going to do the uh, just the major four bar Pepe's and so on, or are you just are you going to try to hit some other spots? Yeah, I might do some. Sean, I've got some more spots that you could hit. I've got some. I've got. I'm. I might. I might. Um, my next week's schedule, uh, based on what I'm looking at right now, I could possibly see me doing both modern and bar next week. Because I'm going to be there. there I'm going to be there for geez, like the whole fucking week, pretty much. Yeah. Um. So I could knock them both out, which will give me more time to go out to other places. It's like, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'm, I probably will. So that could be the plan. Um, but, yeah, this, this week, Sally getting a two. Jesus Christ, I was not expecting this. But uh, we move on. I'm looking forward to next week. Hopefully it's a lot more impressive. It, I'm guaranteeing. I'm sure it's going to be a lot better next week. A lot better. Because even after, like, I microwaved it, like, the next day, like, it, it was okay. It was okay well, after a microwave. You can't take a, a brick oven pizza and try to try to microwave try to microwave it and expect well, it to after be putting it in the fridge for I don't know twenty four hours. I mean, I had to <laughs> microwave it. So it's not even going to be close to the same. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, even after microwaving it, it was okay. Uh, still deserving of a two. I mean, I didn't count the microwave pizza towards this rating, right. but it's got to come out of the brick oven that they got. Not a microwave for me to rate it. So next week, Sally's Pizza is going to get a much better review. Hopefully, hopefully, Josh. Hopefully. Are you getting it tonight or no? So- no. Uh, probably Wednesday. I'd say Wednesday is the day. I'll do it again. Um. And then next week, more than likely, I'm going to knock out Modern and Bar the same week. So that'll give me two ratings for two for that following week's episode. So things are shaping up. Things are shaping up. And if I go to other spots, like I know when I was driving down Worcester Street, uh, there was a, there was another spot, another pizza joint. There's, there's a bunch of spots. On Worcester Street. There was Sally's, Worcester Frank Pepe, Station. and then there was a third spot. Was it Minervini's? I have no idea. I have Sometimes no idea. Sometimes it's like together. It's Worcester and State Street are the – it's kind of like the little Italy of New Haven, so. Yeah. But I'm going to I'm gonna go to a bunch more. So give me some I'll give me some of those probably next week to hit up, and yeah. I'll do it. I'm probably going to do it. So that's the plan. Sally's Pizza, take one, get to two. Take two will be next week. An unfair two. Yeah, we have to. It, it's it's under pro, under protest. This yeah. this round was under protest. So, 
next week I'll get a better rating, a fair rating. I'll be there before uh, I'm supposed to get it, and I'll eat it right away. But that's next week's uh, plan. Now let's get into this week's stuff. Um, we're going to start off with the Boston Red Sox, who, entering the trade deadline, led the AL East, and coming out of the trade deadline are now a game and a half back of the Rays after getting swept by them in a three-game series, are now losers of five to last six. Uh, and starting pitching, one of the bigger needs that the Red Sox should have addressed at the trade deadline, uh, went non-existent, and since then, the pitchers, except for last night, Pavetta was pretty good, uh, but starting pitching has been awful. Awful, and they needed to address it, and they didn't. And it's going to come back to bite them, absolutely. But they did make a couple trades, most notably going after Kyle Schwarber of the Nationals. Uh, they got him for right-handed pitcher Aldo Ramirez, uh, the 20th-ranked prospect uh, in the Red Sox system. And to make room for Kyle Schwarber, uh, Brandon Workman got designated for assignment, so he's now a free agent. Uh, then they made two other trades, both relievers. Both of these trades were announced after the deadline had passed. So that just shows you how far behind the Red Sox probably were. Uh, they got right-handed pitcher Hansel Robles from Minnesota. He has a 4.91 ERA in 45 appearances. Uh, and they traded away uh, right-handed pitcher Alex Scherf. And then from uh, Pittsburgh, they got left-handed pitcher Austin Davis, 5.65 ERA in 65 career appearances. Uh, from 2018 to 2021 with the Phillies and the Pirates uh, for Michael Chavis. Um, and that's it. That's all that the Red Sox did at the trade deadline. And that's not enough, by far not enough, for what they needed to address. They had to have done a lot more. They didn't. And the fact that they didn't even acquire, like, a fifth rotation, fifth starting pitcher rotation guy, I mean, it's just bad news, so- and it's going to hurt them. And it has already. This trade deadline was definitely disappointing, especially with the competition and how much better a lot of the teams around us got. Got. And they didn't. The craziest thing to me was they didn't address their two needs, which obviously starting pitching, you said, and first baseman. Bobby Dahlbeck and Michael Chavis. Obviously, Chavis is traded. We didn't get anything in return that would help either starting pitching and, and the position at first base. Bobby Dahlbeck and Michael Chavis, they. I think they have the lowest strikeout percent or the highest strikeout percentage in all of Major League Baseball combined. So uh, I know our offense really doesn't need a lot of help right now. We got it with Schwarber. He has 25 home runs already, batting 250 on the year. His first all-star appearance, obviously. So uh, that's pretty big. But definitely a disappointing trade deadline. I mean, we we didn't get better really in many ways. Our outfield... Our, our offense got better, but our outfield really didn't need his defense. He's only an all-star because of his offense. Yep. Um, and now he's he's on the IL still, which I know it's going to be a short stint. But what are we going to do with Hunter Renfro? He, he leaves the MLB in outfield assists with 13. Um, he also has 17 home runs. We're not going to get rid of Doogie. So I, I, I would, and then really he, Kyle Schwarber can't be a designated hitter because then we have J.D. Martinez. So there's problems within DHing and in the outfield that I think could have been better addressed through the trade deadline. So I'm I'm guessing you don't know this, but uh, with Kyle Schwarber, obviously we brought him in probably for his offense, but you said that they should have addressed starting pitching and first base. Yes. So the Kyle Schwarber deal, the Red Sox, according to them, have addressed first base. 
because they're training him to be a first baseman. Really? Yes. Even though uh, he is being trained for first base, uh, he has zero statistical appearances at first base. Uh, He has one game in his career at first base uh, back in 2017, but there's no stats attributed to him being at first base. But he is being trained to be a first baseman. I know some, he's he's had some catching experience, yep. which could help with like scoops and whatever, but you can't really take an outfielder slash catcher and train him to be a completely different position. I mean, that, that's what they're doing. That's what Alex Cora said they're doing. That's what Kyle Schwarber has said he's looking forward to as being a first baseman. I have words trust have come out of his nose. I have trust in Alex Cora. He knows what's best for this team. Bloom did kind as much of. as he could, I assume. He could have done. Uh, he could have done a lot more. He could have done better. I know there weren't a lot of uh, big name first basemen out there on the market, but not even just first base. Like the fact that uh, Red Sox management, who I hate by the way, uh, was giving Heimbloom the green light to go get Max Scherzer, and he didn't. And he didn't. Yeah. I mean, that's a little disappointing. That Speaking he, of he Max didn't Scherzer, do that. the Dodgers just got so much better. I it's know. insane how how good of a team they're building. It was for. It was first reported that Scherzer was going to the Padres, which I fucking loved because I'd say the Padres are my second favorite team right now. Uh, And then to see the Dodgers come in like an hour later and make the deal uh, for Max Scherzer, it just hit hit me hard. And then to bundle him with Trey Turner, one of the top shortstops in the MLB. I mean, the Dodgers just fucking won this trade by a lot. I know that they gave up a lot. Um, I'm trying to find like the return. Yeah, they gave up a couple guys, uh, two... a bunch of prospects. But were really were there any like professional professional players that were in the deal? No, nah, it doesn't look like it. I know. I'm pretty sure it is just all prospects. Um, but yeah, they got a lot better. They got a lot better. And I mean, if, if they're asking price was prospects. I mean, I'd be fine with giving up a couple of our guys. Some of our top guys, I'd be fine with. Um, well, obviously, obviously the Nationals exploded their house. They, the only person they're left with is Juan Soto. Schwarber's yeah. here, and then Trey Turner and Max Scherzer are out in L.A. Yeah, and to think so that they I, won the World Series two years ago is insane. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, they won the World Series in 2019, and then it's crazy to see how low they've fallen just in two years. Yeah. Same thing with the Cubs. Cubs. Oh, my God. I mean, th- this was common because all of these guys were going to be free agents, and they trade them all away. Rizzo, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, all three of them hitting home runs in their first game with their new teams. Uh, and most notably, out of those three guys was Anthony Rizzo being tied to the Red Sox. Um, yep. He was in the system back when he was coming up uh, with the Red Sox, and he got traded away. And now he was being tied to making a return. And Yankees coming in and take him. So that also hurt. Uh, but, I mean, I would have been fine with just any of, any of those guys. Most notably Rizzo, because he would have fit the lineup a lot better. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, being a it was tough. Man, he, fits the, he fits exactly with the, yeah. the Red Sox. Yeah, and they didn't, they didn't take him. I would have preferred Rizzo over Schwarber, because he has experience at first base, and he can still hit dingers, um, which at Fenway Park is kind of essential, because it's a hitter's ballpark. Yeah. Um, Crazy thing is, so we're talking about the Cubs and just them clearing house. Schwarber was on the Cubs yeah. from 2015 to 2019, 2020, and then he was with Washington this year. 
Yeah, he signed a one-year deal with the Nationals this year, uh, $10 million. Uh, he has a player option for next year, so he can take that to remain with the Red Sox. Um, but we'll, if he does, I don't know. I, I think he could possibly re-sign, especially depending on how well the Sox do in the postseason. Um, if they make it to, I don't know, uh, ALCS and lose that in a good series, he could possibly return. But, I mean, right now, it... I don't know what to I don't know what to expect of him if he picks it up or not. It's too early to tell. Way too early to tell. Hopefully, hopefully, because I mean I, that's kind of if he does well at first base, I mean that's solidifying the position right there. But that that is an issue with me with bringing in so, Kyle Schwarber. He has no experience at first base. Right. Do you know what his why he's on the IL? Like is it his hamstring? I think it's. I thought. I thought it was his hamstring. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is him. His hamstring. He's been on it for almost a month now, but he should be coming off it soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna look it up, but I'm I'm almost certain it is a hamstring injury that he's dealing with right now. So, any if any in any case, he's coming back. Yeah, it's a hamstring injury, but he is coming back in a matter of days. Hopefully this week. Um. He'll be back, which is obviously good, good news because we could use him. I want to see uh, getting him out there early uh, to get as much experience at first base as possible, because I'd imagine he's gonna probably play that position every game, uh, besides like days off for rest, uh, every game for the rest of the season. What they do with Dahlbeck, I have no idea. I have no idea, no idea what they're gonna do with Bobby. I mean, he had a he had a nice home run last night, so he still yeah, got, he still he had, got power. He got it. He had an RBI double the night before. Yeah, I mean he's, he's still hitting well, but I did see a stat about him. Uh, he's like third in the majors with like a sixty-seven percent swinging rate that ends up as like a foul ball. So sixty-seven percent of the time that he hits the ball, it's going foul. So it's 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 all about his timing. Yeah, it's uh, it's, all, it's an obvious timing issue. And but, you can fix timing. Yeah. As, a, as a coach, you should be able to fix timing, and it's, obviously it's on the player to really take those lessons to the plate. But if he can really get around quicker or later, whatever it is, um, he should be able to put balls 500 feet. You know, because he's got the power. We've seen him uh, put balls out, but it's it's all about him getting around on the ball and making contact. Yeah. Um, I want to find the exact wording of the stat because I forget it. And it was interesting because I'd really never heard of something like that. I'm not going to find it. Um, I never really heard of some, this like stat before where like the pull rate that goes foul or the swinging rate, how many times it goes foul is like that high. And to think he's only third at 67 and there's guys hitting more foul balls than him. Yeah. I mean, that's wow. And I mean, I don't really look at that as an issue. Like the fact that he's making contact with the ball is – it gives me a little confidence in him, in him that he can still make contact with the ball. I mean, it's not like he's in a massive slump where he's, like, on an 0 for, I don't know, 30 streak. Like, he's still making contact with the yeah. ball. He's still hitting it. It's just going foul. Timing's off. Maybe just, like, pitch location is off where he thinks the ball's going to go. It, it's it's a whole slew of issues. But what they do with Bobby right now, I don't know. What, I don't know. It's interesting. Because, I mean, you're not going to send him down. He's, I'd say he's no. a little too valuable to send down. Where, you, where else are you going to put him? There's really no other spot. 
So yeah, that's I mean, interesting. If he, if he were to go down to, to Worcester, he'd be hitting 400. You know, obviously the pitches are coming in a little slower. He's ha- he has more time to get around on the ball. So because if timing is his problem, then he'll see he'll see slower pitches and maybe get accustomed to it in Worcester. And then if you bring him back up, it'll, he'll have the same issues. Yeah. So you can't you can't really send them down because that's not going to fix his issues. Yeah, but I mean, it could. Since you just brought it up, I mean, it could benefit him. Just just the fact yeah, that he's down there at getting exactly. more experience was, I'd say, worse guys than MLB starting pitchers. I mean, maybe that could spark yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, uh, who knows up. what it is? If it's actually just timing, maybe it's confidence. Maybe he's just not a, not ready. For, for, to play in major league uh, ballparks against other professionals because he still is very young. Yeah. Uh, still has got a lot to learn, but being in Boston is probably the best place for him in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll turn it around. It's just a matter of timing. And right now, I mean, bringing in Kyle Schwarber, if we don't see him for the rest of the season or Justin sporadically making some appearances, it's not going to hurt him. And he knows like, He's got a couple batting issues that need to be addressed before he goes back out there. So hopefully he's in the mindset that he's not. It's not like he's getting demoted for good. Right. He's just got to fix some stuff, and then he can return. But I mean, I, I, I don't want to see him go. Like I don't want to see him off the team. I'm, if I was Heim Bloom and I needed to make a trade for a starting pitcher like Max Scherzer, throwing in a guy like But Dahlbeck who just has a little batting issue. Because he's got, I'd say he's got a good career ahead of him. He's got a decent career ahead of him, where he's Definitely. going to be in the league for another five plus years. That could be key in rebuilding a team, a guy like him. And so I probably could have seen them making that trade or throwing in Dahlbeck in a possible package for Max Scherzer. But I mean, yeah, that would that would been pretty big. If, especially if we could have grouped Schwarber and uh, Scherzer together. Yeah, because, I mean, all it yeah. took to get Schwarber was one uh, prospect. Exactly, exactly. So his I, I don't price know was why, low. I don't know why they would do that. I mean, he's one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. Um, wait, does he have an expiring – oh, yeah, he has an expiring contract. Um, yeah, just, it's just a one-year deal with a player yeah. option. Yeah. So we'll see what he does with, in the offseason. You, you think he'll resign? Yeah, I could see him picking it up. To remain, I think if he does that, it's like eleven million that he'll make. Yeah. Um, next season. So I mean, if he does that, that's. I'd I'd I could see him doing that for the money, and then after that, I mean, especially if he does good now. If he does good now, he might actually just drop it, drop the contract, get a new one. If it's with the Red Sox, I mean, I don't know what their ideas are with their payroll and hitting the luxury tax, but. I mean, the way I think that it depends I, on um on how we do. You know, yeah. obviously we're one of the top teams in the league right now, but we just got swept by another top team in the league. So if, if playoffs come, come around and uh, we still pull that shit, you know, <laughs> we're not we're not going to have much say with whether Kyle Schwarber wants to stay or go. Yeah, you know? that's why I brought that. That's one of the first things that I brought up was the fact that if they make a deep playoff run, I could possibly see him picking it up uh, to return. But I mean, if he just if he bats well and the Sox don't do good in the playoffs, I mean, that's just. Uh, key for him to hit free agency. Maybe he does resign with the Sox. I don't know. It's still too early to tell. But um, in any case, I'm kind of excited to see what Kyle Schwarber brings to the team. Um, 
Now, on the other hand, the other two guys that they brought in, two relief pitchers, a righty and a lefty, uh, both of them have pretty high ERAs. Um, and for them to come into the third lowest ERA-ranked bullpen, that is the Boston Red Sox. I mean, it's good that you're bringing in more guys because the way that the starting pitchers are going, I mean, all being out by the fourth, fifth inning, then having to pretty much use everyone, a new pitcher every other inning after that, I mean, you're just adding bullpen depths that I'm fine with that. That works. Uh, it's just that it's not, it's the wrong position, wrong position pitcher that they brought in. It should have been a starter. Kyle Gibson I mean, yeah, was a guy that was mentioned. He's a guy, he was from the Rangers. He went to Philadelphia, so Sox missed out on him. Uh, there was another guy that, that the Sox missed out on. They missed a lot of starting pitchers that they could have used, even if it's a fifth guy in the rotation. Because he also got Chris Sale coming back, but I don't see him making that much of an impact, and we might get to him a little bit later in the show. But he's doing good in his rehab starts. He's striking out a bunch of guys. His pitches look good. He's apparently bigger, stronger than he was the last time we saw him. And the fact that they're going to use him as a starting pitcher, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. Well, I think with Chris Sale coming back, they kind of knew they didn't really need. I mean, they could have definitely used a starting pitcher, but with a Cy Young caliber pitcher, we'll see how how that really deals when he comes back. But when he comes back, that's just another added arm into the rotation. You said that our starters are only going four or five innings. Adding a pitcher that could go six, seven innings would relief our relief pitchers, and we wouldn't need to sign those extra guys or trade for those extra guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not to mention that the starting pitchers who are going four or five innings are getting absolutely lit the fuck up by yep. the teams that they're facing. I mean, what was it? A 13 to, what was the Sox score? Yeah, 13 to 1 against the Blue Jays, uh, 7 to 3. Uh, nine to five, and last night three to two. But I mean, offense, even though it's strong at times, starting pitching's giving up the runs, and they're falling behind in games early on, and it's affecting. Pitching outweighs, pitching outweighs offense every single time. Yeah. If you have a strong pitching, if you have like a strong pitching outing from any pitcher, go say say goes like six and a third. That sets you up in the seventh inning to just go to your relief guys, and. You know, you have obviously nine innings to score runs. Um, and then, but when you have starting pitchers that go four or five innings, you use all your relief arms. Say, you, say you're say you pitching like a doubleheader or a four-game series. You, you use all your relief guys. And then there's a lot of pressure on your offense to, to show up every time. So if you have a good balance between starting pitching, relief, and offense, that's that's really what's going to get you to the point that you want to be. Yeah, I mean, starting pitching is key. It can it will win you games and it'll lose you games. And I mean, what you said an example about starting pitchers going six, seven strong innings, then going to the relief guys. I mean, it just brings me back to the uh, game six of the World Series last year. Blake Snell having a career game, game of his life, gets pulled, and the bullpen gives up the game in the series, and they lose the World Series. I mean, that stuff will happen. So, also adding depth to your bullpen. I mean, it gives more guys rest. It gives more guys your best receivers. Garrett Whitlock, uh, Matt Barnes, who's the Josh closer. Taylor. Josh Taylor, uh, Saro Mora. Gives all those guys more rest. More, more rest. Um, 
to be able to just bring in one of these uh, higher ERA guys to come in a kind of a wide open game. So, I mean, it, looking at it, it is kind of a smart move. It's just my one gripe is the fact that it's the wrong positioned pitcher. Should have been a starter. Yeah, I'd want they to focus on more. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can always bring up a guy from AAA. I mean, Phillips, Val- Phillips Valdez. He was recently caught up, and he's been pitching well. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole list that we just met, rent, rattled off. Taylor, Whitlock, Salamora, uh, Valdez. Yeah. I mean, all these guys. It's a good bullpen, which is a change in it's year a past. Solid. Bullpen. Yeah, but the thing is, they just get they get fatigued and they get tired when they have to go four or five innings before Matt Barnes comes in. Yeah, because the starting pitcher got absolutely beat down on. So it's tough, but I mean, it's a good move. It's, they're still a good move. They're still a good team, and hopefully, these trades will eventually lead to some good. Because although my I didn't bring this up, but with Schwarber, my one issue is the fact that he is on the IL. And, I mean, it is a hamstring, which, I mean, if you kind of think about it, it's kind of important for a guy who hits a lot of home runs and is a hitter. He's a hitter. It, what if that like, starts throwing off his like rhythm, his timing, his a whole lot of issues with batting? What if that starts affecting him? That could, I, that could be a little worrisome for me. Hopefully not. I kind of don't expect that, but... That's an issue that I'm going to be looking for. So, yeah. I mean, uh, otherwise, just another, just another thing with the rotation. We DFA Tanner Houck a week ago, and now he's back with the team in Detroit tonight. So wait, I don't know if he's starting, wait. but there's a there's a picture of him warming up in the bullpen. We designated him, or what? What did we do? We oh, send him down. Okay, Jesus, don't scare me like that, Josh. Yeah, we sent. We must have sent him down. Yeah, DFA means you're hitting free agency. Guys can pick up your contract, uh, or other teams can pick up your contract, um, and then once you're a free agent, all right, we, I'm sorry. To say that. Well, we we sent him down. We sent him down. Yeah, don't scare well, us. He, he is back with the team. All right, good. Yeah, they start up the series with Detroit tonight. Hopefully, it's a quick four game sweep, three game sweep. I don't know how much it is, but it should be a sweep either way because Detroit is god awful. All right. I don't know. I don't know if there's a slotted starter. It's Garrett Richards is supposed to start. No oh boy. So maybe it's not gonna be a sweep. All right. But yeah. So sucks. Start up with the Tigers tonight. No, that's tomorrow. They start tomorrow night. Uh, so is it's it? probably like a three game series. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a three game series out in Detroit. All right. Uh, gonna switch gears now. Get over to the Bruins and how they're doing with bringing in new players. Uh, and since the last episode, last Wednesday, uh, they have only brought in one guy. And I think that one guy signed like a few minutes after we ended the show. Uh, they've only lost guys. They've lost a bunch of guys. Most notably, uh, going against what I've said in episodes past, uh, David Krejci announced that he is going back to Czechoslovakia um, to play out there. He's not returning to the Bruins this season. I, I said he was. Uh, it was sounds that, like. What? Was it, well, obviously it was his decision to go back, but was that really because he wasn't being offered a contract? What was it? No, I, he. For a, a couple of years, it sounds like he's been looking to end his career playing hockey in his home country. Um, so I think this wasn't a surprise. 
and that this was an extremely high possibility that he wanted to leave the NHL to go home, to play out there. Because, um, I mean, even though the guy is almost 40, or is 40, um, out there in his home country, it sounds like it he's being given that hero's welcome home, and that people are extremely happy to see him return. Well, that's good for him. You can't really fault him. Yeah. Yeah. But Krejci uh, gave his final goodbyes and uh in a social media post and one thing that i heard on the radio and something that i am 100 percent buying into uh was this line i will see you again soon bruins fans so uh jim murray of 98.5 sports hub did some researching uh the czech league that crazy plays going to play in it will end in the middle of march which means there's enough time between the end of his Czech League season to come back to the NHL, sign with the Bruins, to make a playoff push. Really? Um, kind of similar to what Nikita Kucherov of the Lightning did, even though it's actually really not that similar because Kucherov faked an injury for the whole season. Um, it, it's possible. Nothing has been confirmed. It's pretty much like a... Rumor started up by a sports talk host guy, um, and it's a it's a conspiracy, or it's a it's it's a rumor, an opinion that I want to buy into and put a lot of money down. That there's a chance that Krejci could return after the Czech League season ends. He comes back to Boston, fits right back into the second line with Taylor Hall. Those two go off to score fifty plus goals in twenty games, uh, and the two lead the Bruins to the Stanley Cup. That's a theory that I could see happening. Not I mean, 50 I'm goals in 20 games, but... That's a, that's a theory I can 100% get behind because... He didn't say he was done. He's been that deep, and, and David Krejci has kind of been our second-line star along with Taylor Hall. Uh, it, so with him leaving, it's really... Taylor Hall takes his place, and then he's playing with a bunch of nobodies again. Yeah. And, I mean, he just the fact that he didn't say that he was officially done... In Boston, he just said, I'll see you soon. I mean, it, it's a wide-open door, door, those open. couple words. Yeah. Those couple words just open the door a whole that's lot. That's definitely a conspiracy theory I can get behind. Yeah. So that's, an op- that's a possibility for the Bruins down the road. Um, that'd be really cool. Actually, I'd really be excited if that was to happen. Um, if it does, I have no idea. I mean, a guy is 40 if he comes back to NHL. He's not going to have, like, the same impact. Um, but in any case, <clears throat> in any case, uh, that would be something I'm excited and looking forward to. And he's just one of the bunch of guys who have left the Bruins since uh, the last episode. Uh, another notable guy was Nick Ritchie. Guy put up career numbers this past season in a shortened season. Um, he went to Toronto with... The buddy that came was his buddy that came to Boston from Anaheim, Andre Kasha. Both of them signed in Toronto uh, for year. I forget the exact terms, but they're both gone. Dan Vladar traded to Calgary for a third round pick. Could I? I think he could have at least maxed out on a second round pick because he's got talent. He could be a starter or at least a reliable Yaroslav Halak like backup goalie. Uh, so he's gone. Uh, then they did sign 
left wing Nick Foligno to a two-year, $3.8 million AAV contract. Um, he's not going on the first line. He's not taking Taylor Hall's spot in the second line. And so for a pretty much $7 million third-line winger, that's pretty expensive, in my mm-hmm. opinion. That's really expensive. I mean, the guy's barely over 100, 200 goals in his career. He's been playing for, I think, like 14 years. Um, so that's a little expensive. Well, what's and, Jake DeBrusque's concert or contract? Contract. Oh, contract. <laughs> because I assume that Felino's going to take his spot. Uh, he has experience. He knows how to play. Something that Jake DeBrusque obviously doesn't have, especially after last season. So he's only making two and a half. Uh, Felino is making what three, three and a half. So, yeah, I guess you, could say you overpaid for him a little bit, but that comes with experience, that comes with talent, and that comes with depth. Yeah, uh, DeBrusque does have another year on his deal. Um, so after this year, he'll be a free agent. So, I mean, I don't know. I'd, if that just gives you one year of Nick Foligno being a third liner, because, I mean, you're not going to put two left wings on one line. So he's, No. Right. If anything, Jake DeBrusque is moving to the fourth line. Uh, That's what I'm Foligno's saying. Being the I third line, be, I think he'd be taking DeBrusque's spot on the third line. But you're still going to be paying a fourth liner millions of dollars. Yeah, I mean that's insane, and that so that doesn't make that does not make much sense to me. Um, uh, could that just be setting up a Jake DeBrusque trade at some point? I think that could be a possibility because I mean the guy did really underperform this past year. He's going into a contract year. I mean, I, that could be a possibility that happens to make room for a guy to just be on the fourth line as, like, a speedy young guy making his rookie season, giving it his all. So if Jake DeBrus gets traded, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. That would probably solidify Felino being the third liner, um, DeBrus being gone and just uh AHL guy being on the fourth line. Um, obviously, you... The more experience that you have on the team, the better. So if DeBrusque does stay on the fourth line, I mean, it probably would work out because uh, then meshing together was just center and the right wing, whoever those could be. Um, that could set those guys up, those two guys up for potentially good careers. Just being on line was a multi-year talented player, guy who can score goals. That could be a possibility. And that could that could that could maybe be what they're thinking is that we put DeBrusque on the fourth line so he can mesh well with the other two guys and those two guys can develop their skills in their game just by looking at what DeBrusque does with them on the ice. That could be a possibility. I mean, maybe, maybe not, who knows. But it's possible. It's possible. Um So yeah. Uh that's just a little bit about the Bruins, what they've been doing. Uh, free agency is, I mean, it's still going strong. Still going real strong. Um, so the Bruins will hopefully make some more moves. They don't have much space, uh, cap wise, but, uh, they're, they could, they can maneuver around. They can make trades. They can do stuff to make it work out for them. Uh, and they're going to, I think this offseason is very important and they're doing, they're so far doing okay. Uh, and addressing the needs that they needed to address. 
All right, so we're going from the Bruins to the other team that occupies the Garden, the Boston Celtics, and they're looking at possibly trading one of their key players, one of their star players, one of my favorite players on the team. You guessed it, Marcus Smart. Uh, for what? What reasons could they be trading for? It sounds like Brad Stevens just isn't happy with his inconsistent play. Um, and uh, it's interesting that this is happening right now. Now that Brad Stevens is head coach, we saw... You mean general manager? General manager, correct. He's no longer the coach. Uh, he's now up in the front office. Uh, we saw when Kemba Walker left the team, uh, the report came out that uh, Brad favored Marcus Smart in practice more than Kemba, uh, and now Marcus Smart is being on the shopping block. See, that's why it doesn't make sense to me, Sean. Yeah. Either the, the Kemba Walker rumors saying that he favored Smart were, were false or the, were the rumors right now are false. You know, there's got to be one lie and one truth. Uh, but also, I don't see Marcus Smart being traded because he, he's in a contract year um, and he's, he's only being paid $13 million right now. And also, Ime Udoka said that he is a found, foundational piece of this Boston Celtics team. He's as important as Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Yeah, I mean, I call him the third best player on the team for a reason. And he's honestly... Really, he really is the third best player because, I mean, we don't really have a starting point guard anymore in Kemba Walker. Um, young guys on the team. I mean, Rob Williams could possibly make a case, but he's a little too young to be the set in stone third third best player on the team. I mean, the guy's been here for years. Guy puts his, plays his heart out for this team. So he really is the third best player on the team. And now for him to possibly be getting shopped around, Yes, he's on a contract year, and I mean, it's, it, there's a lot of interesting possibilities right now with this team and Marcus Smart. But I mean, I don't see I don't see the reason why you should trade him. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. You he you need I him mean, on his team. You need him on his team. He's you need his hustle. You need his grit. But the weird thing is, we just signed two backcourt pieces. We just got or traded for them. We just got Josh Richardson from the Mavericks. And we just got Chris Dunn from the Hawks, so those are that's a that's a point guard and a shooting guard right there that could really add backcourt depth. Now, I don't know if you're are you gonna are you gonna play? Is Marcus Smart gonna be your number one point guard, and he's just, he's gonna run the offense through Tatum and whatnot, or are you gonna give it to Chris Dunn or Josh Richardson, or are you gonna have Jason Tatum bringing the ball up, facilitating the offense? Yeah. There's a lot of questions that come with with the trade deadline. And, and free agency starts in three hours at 6 o'clock tonight on Monday. Um, so there's oh, yeah, definitely it, a lot. It does. Damn. I didn't realize that. There's going to be a lot of moving pieces in the NBA today. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that, I wonder what that huh. I. So, yeah, I mean, I did hear, like, some possible report that Chris Dunn's going to come in for possibly being traded away. Like, I heard that could be a possibility. Yeah. But um, then a a tweet that followed that up was that they would have to get the deal done within two days of the signing. Just something about contracts and the way the money fits. I don't know. But um, if he didn't get traded that night, 
that we that we acquired him, then he wasn't going to be traded, and he's probably going to be a Celtic for the season at least. I'm trying to find ways. I like, I like him as a player. I've liked him no, since he came into the league. Providence guy, Connecticut guy. Uh, he's that from New doesn't London. Mean doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Just, it's, it's cool. It's cool. I don't know. But yeah. no. No, I definitely like Chris Dunn outside of the Connecticut bias. I liked him when he was on the Timberwolves. Um, I don't think he really got a lot of chances when he was on the Timberwolves. They've always been really bad. Yeah. Then when he went to the Hawks, he didn't get a lot of chances behind Trey Young. I, he, I think he's been on a few other teams, right? Uh, Chicago I'm not sure. is coming to my head. Yeah, Chicago. And he, he was, for like majority of the season in Chicago, I remember him being the steals leader. He had like three and a half steals per game for the first half of the season. Him and Marcus so. Smart would be a great defensive duo. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. hopefully he can, he can stay in green this year. Yeah, I mean, just the way that his career has panned out so far, and we've got Chris Dunn in a trade for... Tristan Thompson, three-team trade. Thompson goes to Sacramento. Sacramento sent guys to Atlanta. Atlanta sent uh, Chris Dunn and somebody else, I think, uh, to the Celtics. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at his tenure, all the teams that he's played on, I mean, I mean they've sucked. They've sucked, except yeah. for, like, the Hawks this year. But, yeah, he hasn't gotten any chances. He's been behind players who are a lot better than him. I mean, now where he can come in and possibly get meaningful starting time, that that could lead to something. Hopefully, it does. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a top five. He was a top five pick, so that means there's talent there. I know people. A lot of people like to label him a bust because he hasn't done anything in five years. But there's talent there, and he just really hasn't had the right situation. Now that he's on a contender, if you want to call the Celtics a contender after last season, I don't know if you want to. But now that he's on a, a contender, we'll see what he can do, especially with real playing time. Yeah, I mean, look at Julius Randle. He was a high draft pick. And he had a crazy good year this year, leading next to the playoffs for the first time in hundreds of years. I mean, that, that stuff can happen where guys just late in their career, they finally get their groove going and they finally figure it out. So hopefully, hopefully that could that could lead to something. I'd like to see, I'm kind of excited for what Chris Dunn does. Um, you mentioned the three and a half steals per game back a couple of years ago. Uh, just him and Marcus Smart, knowing Smart's a defensive guy. He throws his body out there. He's not afraid to get hurt. That that could be a good defensive duo. Those two guys on the floor could be impactful. At the same time, I mean, he's probably not. Chris Dunn's probably not going to be a starter. Marcus Smart probably could. But late in games, or halfway in between the game, you have, to have def- those two guys at the same time. That that's, that could be beautiful. That could be a beautiful sight, Josh. If he's not a starter, he's definitely going to be a high minute reserve guy maybe seventh, eighth man right off the bench. And that's I think that's the perfect role for him, especially coming into a new team. Yeah. Yeah. And until he can like prove that he deserves starting minutes, he's not going to get that right now. Um, what's his contract looking like? Because if he's got like a couple of years on it, I mean, especially if like Marcus Smart doesn't come back, if he eventually is off to Celtics, maybe it could be Chris on that return. That signs. $10 million contract, and he's going to be a free agent after this year. What was it? Three years? Uh-oh. Uh, at the end of this year. Yeah, he just froze up. But, I mean, it, it's fine. Uh, in any case, I mean, I think we can get it. We have the understanding that he's under contract right now, and that's all that matters. He's on the team right now. What he, He's going to use it to the best of his abilities and get that new contract. 
Maybe it's with the Celtics, maybe it's not. It doesn't matter. Because in the NBA, it doesn't matter what team you play on, as long as you're getting the bag. So, um, and another trade that the uh, Celtics did make was for Josh Richardson. Um, I don't know what to expect from this guy. I heard comparisons that he's just like, um, was it Kemba Walker? Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier? I don't know. I, I it, was, it was a bad comparison. Like he was being compared to like a, like an annoying player. I forget who. No, it was. I think he works well off of Luca, and you know there's there's some similarities between Luca and Tatum. Um, but he was the second option in in Dallas, so maybe he was taking a lot of shots that really he shouldn't have. So right. maybe come in being a third or fourth option behind uh, Tatum and Jalen, then he'll be better. But I know he took a lot of ill-winded shots when he was when he was in uh, in Dallas. Uh, hopefully that's different with the Celtics, but I don't think it's really that bad of a trade. He's a good addition. He's he's really well. He's very a well defensive-minded player, um, and that can also contribute on offense too. Good. All right. Yeah. I mean, it, from what it sounds like, this team is looking at boosting up its defense, which I mean should be something that they do because last year they it looked like they don't know what the word defense means. Perimeter defense, especially. Yeah. So bring in Chris Dunn, Josh Richardson. Uh, both guys are likely not going to be starters. Um, just good bench guys. I mean, that's good that they're adding depth to the bench. That's another thing that they needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so far it's looking good. Free agency opens up tonight. Um, and also, I mean, since we're talking about free agency tonight, didn't know that it was tonight that it opens up. Um, I did actually see today it sounds like Fournier is – leaning towards not returning to the Celtics. All that as well. So that Hayward TPE, like I was, like I said, that Hayward TPE was being thrown twice on a guy who wasn't going to return to this god-awful team. You did say that. Yeah, so I, I think I deserve a little credit for that. Uh, I'll, be, I'll being the first to say I'll that apologize. he's not going to return to the team. Uh, I mean, it was the day that he got traded. I was the first to say that he's not going to be resigning with the Celtics. I was months ahead of everyone else. I was months ahead of Shams, months ahead of Woj. Give me the credit. Sean Guiney, NBA reporter and insider. (laughs) Yeah, but that sucks. That sucks that he's not returning. I started to like the guy as he got his game together. I really did. And now he's not coming back. Well, it's not confirmed that he's not coming back. But with the addition of Josh Richardson, it's all but confirmed that he's not coming back. Yeah. Yeah, so it sucks. It, it's I'm disappointed, but that's the NBA today. Um, yeah, so that's all we got. That's all we got right now. Uh, we do got stuff on the internet, so let's get to that stuff on the internet. Josh, what do you got? All right, not really the internet, but I'm just so excited for football season. We got college football returning August 28th. That's just in three, four short, short weeks. Then we have the Hall of Fame game next Sunday night. That's from August to the to March. There's football on every single week. And I, I just, I'm so happy about it. I've missed football. We had a great Super Bowl, Tom Brady, seven rings. And I'm just really excited to get back into it. Yeah, me too. I'm, a, I'm extremely excited. And speaking of football, um, next week, next week's episode, I know I teased it, what, a month ago? Uh, we're going to be talking about college football. Uh, next week, we're finally going to be doing it. And there's a lot that's gone down. 
a lot has happened in college football uh, since I first uh, announced it like a month ago. Now we're going to be talking about it. Next week we're going to be talking about it. Uh, so looking forward to that. And yeah, NFL, obviously extremely excited. Patriots training camp's going on. Uh, things are going well. I haven't really gone to it. Maybe we'll get to it next week. Probably. Probably. More than likely, I think, we're going to talk about it next week. Um, this season is interesting. I'm looking forward to this, this upcoming Patriots season. It's going to be one of the best seasons yet. Yeah. About, oh, yeah. And if, I mean, not just best, but most intriguing season. Uh-huh. Just what's going to happen, we don't know. So, yeah, I'm, exci- I'm extremely excited for football. We need it. Full stands, full capacities. Let's get it going. All right, my stuff on the internet of ha- has to do with football, obviously. Um, the highest-rated football prospect uh, is skipping his senior year to go to, unfortunately, the Ohio State University. Uh, five-star quarterback Quinn Ewers is skipping his senior year of high school to enroll early at Ohio State. Uh, he could be there as early as fall, fall training camp. Um, obviously, the news over the past month has been the announcement that athletes can now profit off their name, image, and likeness. Uh, the NIL uh, guys are making bank. The Alabama starting quarterback has already racked up like a million dollars worth of endorsements. Um, guys like uh, the rapper's son. Um, who was it? What? Snoop Dogg? No, not Snoop Dogg. Uh, older rapper. Uh, Diddy? P. Diddy? P. Diddy, yeah, P. Diddy. His son, I think, has like multi-million dollars worth of endorsements already. Really? Um, so it, sound, it sounds like this is going to become a, a common occurrence where uh, athletes who, before going into the senior year of high school, had already committed to their schools, are just going to skip their senior year to go to college because they can now start making millions of dollars off their name. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. Like, I'd do that too. Like, if I was a five-star quarterback and I'd already committed to a D1 school before I go to my senior year, absolutely, I'm going to skip that. I'm actually going to skip my senior year and just jump right in because, I mean, his grades are already good. He's already committed. I'm sure all the paperwork's been filled out. Like, he's probably going to be already a student. So it makes sense, and it's going to be a common occurrence, and I'm I mean, Excited. Yeah, I'm happy for him, but I'm also dis- I'm also don't like him now because he's going to Ohio State. Their their quarterback room is three five stars and a four star. That's yeah, fucking insane, I mean, and I'm pissed off. When you have a high name school like that, that's where you're gonna get. But it makes sense uh, because obviously you said he has, he's got the talent, he's got the grades, everything checks out. But he, according to 24/7 Sports, he is the highest ranked player in in the history of recruiting. He's, he's five stars. He's got a 1.00 composite rating and a 100 just overall rating. He's number one QB, obviously, number one prospect everywhere. But the weird thing about that is ESPN has him, has him as their number two prospect. What does ESPN know? They know nothing. I don't nothing. trust ESPN for anything anymore. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like he's literally going to be the next Trevor Lawrence, but better. Uh, just based on his recruiting rankings and all the stats that he has. Um, long blonde hair probably beats that out over Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah, the, the, the guy's good. 
And, of course, he goes to Ohio State where I got deals him, being from Michigan State. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to love that. You got to love seeing a quarterback room full of five-star quarterbacks and you don't have one quarterback in your recruiting class. Just got to love that. So, good for him, but also fuck you, Quinn. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. College football talk, finally. We're going to get to that. Uh, Patriots training camp, what's going on with Cam and Mac Jones? How's that battle going? Uh, And the Red Sox, how far back are they in the AL East now? Have the Yankees passed them? Probably not. Uh, So we'll get to that all next week. And that's the plan. So that's it for today. Thank you guys for listening. Josh, want to work back next week? Sounds like a plan. All right. Tell your friends, tell your mothers, tell your mother's friends and your friends' mothers, and I'll see you guys next week.